This is an AMI podcast. Oh, hey, get in here, you, for some low vision moments, the podcast all about those sometimes frustrating, potentially embarrassing, but often pretty comical things that happen when you are just trying to go about your day with a visual impairment, blindness, or albinism. I'm your host, Jenny, and this episode is loaded with danger. Danger is my middle name. Stupidity. I've got an idea! Poor planning and decision making. I've made a huge mistake. And as always, a ton of laughs. Listener warning, don't try anything you're about to hear from us today at home. I beg of you. The theme for this episode was actually inspired by our previous episode with my sister. She said something to the effect of, and referring to me, she said something like, you do things that blind people don't normally do, to which I responded, that's what you think. And she meant it as a compliment. She really did. She meant really that she forgets that I don't see well because I'm just out here living my life doing things that truly even some fully sighted people wouldn't dare do. And so that exchange with my sister really got me thinking, I've done some pretty stupid shit over the years. I've done some things that for people with low vision would normally warrant some planning, some consideration for the sake of safety, adaptation, peace of mind, any number of things. But I like some spontaneity in my life. So our theme this time is I didn't die. Pondering who could join us for a conversation about living by the seat of our pants. This decision took me like zero time. So my guest today hails from Texas. We met about six years ago. Jonathan Taylor, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Hello. What do you want the people to know about you? So yes, my name is Jonathan Taylor. I'm from Texas, but you wouldn't know unless I told you. I tried to, I killed my accent and buried it a long time ago. But yeah, I was in Canada midway through a backpacking trip that I took for, I think I was on the road for about five years off and on with random stops where I would uh, end up living in various far-flung places. So that was my early 20s. I was a backpacker. I am completely blind. I have double prosthetics. Lost them both when I was about just slightly under two years old from bilateral retinoblastoma. And in my very, very early 20s, decided that I wanted to go travel the world and um, see it, (laughs) to use a, a nomenclature there. So I did so, and I traveled for quite a long time until about five years ago. Um, after of which I met a girl and settled down back in Texas. Now I work for Google doing uh, their, I'm their screen reader subject matter expert doing uh, accessibility testing and blah, blah, blah. That's not very interesting though. That That's a little bit interesting. It's maybe not as interesting as your five <laughs> years as a backpacker. And before we move on, let me just say, I'm a little disappointed you don't have an accent. Um, that's well, why I can I... put it on if you need me to, but I'd rather <laughs> not. I wanted to be real big with the Texas. When I said he's from Texas, I probably am not doing that very well. Oh, yeah. We're not going to do any more of that. No, no, absolutely. Keep it up. Maybe we should switch roles. I'll do the Nova Scotia accent and you do the Texas (laughs) accent. I don't have an accent. Oh, no. Of course you don't have an accent. 
<laughs> okay, we need to move on from the accents. <laughs> Someone's going to get offended. <laughs> but we first met when you were still backpacking, mm. living that lifestyle. I was in a, a different role with AMI at that time. I was working for the TV show AMI This Week, and we put together a segment about you and your experiences as a, a well-traveled backpacker who happens to be blind. And, you know, you said a couple of things in that segment that kind of have stuck with me. You used a term, spontaneous critical thinking. I did. Which you, you did. <laughs> Do you remember what you meant by that? No. Well, yes. <laughs> um, I could surmise what I meant, but I don't remember what I said, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a, during a time where I was really focusing on um, the ability for blind people to sort of reevaluate what is meant by O&M orientation mobility. And rather than working with like pre-planned routes and a certain limited skill set that I think is currently in, emphasized in curriculums, um, mm -hmm. to be able to just kind of adapt, have skill sets that are more flexible, the ability to rely upon context clues in their environment and, and be able to survive in places that you wouldn't normally encounter in an O&M lesson. Your segment, again, really kind of stuck with me. And something else that you said was that, you know, a lot of people that you encountered along the way thought you were inspirational. And, you know, you said something like, that's nice. But part of the reason why you're doing this, in addition to trying to figure out what, you know, what tools, what techniques work for someone who wants to be a backpacker who happens to be blind, you said that part of why you were doing this is, is, you know, you don't want it to be inspirational. It should just, it should just be, mm. you know, you should just happen to be a backpacker who happens to be blind. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to share some stories today and none, I don't think any of them are going to be inspirational. And I don't think any of them are going to include any spontaneous critical thinking. <laughs> They're really just shit. I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> mm. So let, let's kick it off with my teenage years. And first of all, I should apologize to anybody who had to deal with me as a teenager. Sorry about that. So two friends and I, we were out gallivanting around our neighborhood pretty late at night. We were just looking for something to do that didn't involve being at home. It was the summer, you know, warm summer night. It was, again, it was pretty late. There was little to no pedestrian or vehicle traffic. So when one of my friends noticed the gate to a condo building construction site had been left open. We obviously slipped in there into that construction site. And then when the same friend noticed that the ladder to scale the enormously tall construction crane was also not blocked off in any way, I immediately was pumped. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, we have to climb this thing. So two of us were game. The third friend literally held my purse on the ground while we ventured up the ladder. Thank you, Aaron, for holding my purse. I'll never forget that. A few rungs up the ladder, I realize I have really no perception of how, <laughs> how high this thing really is. But by this time, I'm committed. And at this point, my buddy Kurt is, you know, he's ahead of me and I'm following him up the ladder. So we are going. We made it to the top without incident. But once we were up there, I was very still. I didn't want to misstep, obviously. I really had 
no idea where you could step safely at the top of a construction crane. I don't know that many people have that point of reference. So I was very still. And then I realized I really have no idea how high up this is. I did a little bit of reading for the episode today and I find that some construction cranes can be like 250 feet or higher. I don't know how high this one was, but it was pretty high because obviously once we got up there, I had to gauge somehow how high up we were. And I couldn't do that by looking down. I have no depth perception. I ha- I'm extremely nearsighted. So obviously I needed to find a way to gauge how high up we were. So I find a near empty gasoline container and I ditch it off the side of this crane and one, two, three, like five, six seconds go by. And at that point when it hit the ground, I was like, holy shit, we're up pretty high. (laughs) So we were up there just chilling and we climbed down and we didn't die and we didn't get caught, which is, I think, the main thing. Nobody friggin' got caught. And it might be, <laughs> might be good that there was nobody around, right? It was late at night, but that's not always a good thing, right? Like sometimes you want people around to point you in the right direction in the middle of the night, like maybe in the middle of a blizzard. Does that sound like anything you've experienced? <laughs> Blizzards are great. Yeah. Well, before I talk about a blizzard, I, I just want to, I just want to say I'm impressed that gasoline was your go-to because whenever I'm in a dangerous situation, I think add gasoline. So well done. <laughs> it was, it was what was handy. <laughs> <laughs> well done. But um, yeah, let's see, blizzards, blizzards. Well, we were on our way um, actually from Toronto, my girlfriend and I, to New York. We were about to embark on a year-long tour of Europe. We were going to fly from New York to Dublin. So we're sitting on this bus driving through New York, and we stop in Rochester at a rest stop. And it's it was uh, mid-January, I think. It was very cold. It was in the middle of a snowstorm. So we come into this little rest stop. I believe I needed coffee before I killed passengers nearby. And we got our our coffee after some confusion. And I was like, let's just go back on the bus because I don't trust that the bus is going to stay here while we find it. So we walk out the door, which turned out not to be the correct door. It was the back door into the parking lot where there were a bunch of just idling trucks, which adds noise to the blizzard, which is already difficult to orient yourself in. And we kind of were like, well, this must be right. We thought the trucks were the bus. And so we walked towards them. And we, we of course, got slightly disoriented and all of a sudden realized that we have absolutely no idea where the bus is. There are no people. And we also don't know where the building is. We tried retracing our steps and clearly weren't going the right direction. We walked like entirely off in God knows where. And so we walked around in circles for about 20 minutes and we came to the conclusion that the bus is probably left. There are no people here and we can't find the building. And it's like three o'clock in the morning. So we're probably oh going to die. <laughs> so oh my God. we sat down on a snowbank and we were just like, okay, maybe, maybe we can call the Rochester police. And then we were like, oh, look, our phones are both dead. Isn't that exciting? <gasps> and we even went up to one of the idling trucks. We were like, like, surely there's a driver. But I think he must have been absolutely passed out asleep. 
we were like hitting the truck. No one answered. It's also possible that he was awake and just thought that we were insane with long, yeah, like long staffs, like wizards come to greet him or something. Who knows? Um, At any rate, no one answered and we could not fight any people on a just last ditch effort we walked in a direction and happened to run into something that wasn't a truck which turned out to be a snow encrusted wall and we just followed it forever and ever until we found a door and we came right back in and all the people were still there no one had even noticed that we'd left and they were just like what the fuck why did these blind people just come in from the back what were they doing we were covered in snow some chick got a bunch of paper towels and like wiped us down like we were like bad seals that have been like, rolling in shit and i was just like <laughs> all right i'm it's like something out of the bible <laughs> they, were, they were like would you like to go back on the bus and i was like yeah i'm gonna stay i'm yes, gonna live please. on the bus for a while um let's just let's just get and, and i didn't even have my coffee anymore i'd left it on a snowbank and i was just oh i was like i was like should I, should I get more coffee? And my girlfriend was like, "No, we are walking out right now." No, no, this is a, this is a sign to head back to the freaking bus. <laughs> she was like, "We're going to get to New York City, and we are immediately going to our host's place, and we're going to just stay there until our flight to Ireland." And I was like, "That's fair." So you get off the bus to go get coffee. It's blizzarding. I just need to recap, make sure I understand. Yeah, it's blizzarding. You. Leave out the wrong door of the of the like rest stop gas station yeah. type deal. Yeah, and you're on the wrong side of the building. I guess or you're getting your ass something. kicked by the blizzard. Yeah, <laughs> you legitimately could have died back there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, legitimately, it was like minus. I looked at the temperature letter. It was like minus like minus five, minus six, something like that. It was cold. That's uh, cold enough. And I was. Yeah, and I was just, and we we hadn't, I mean, look, we hadn't planned on going for a lovely walk in the blizzard, so we hadn't brought our jackets. We were just, Oh my god, you didn't even have jackets. No, because we were just going into a bloody rest station. So, no, we, we I, I think I, she was maybe more intelligent than I was, and I think she was actually wearing, like, a light jacket. I was in short sleeves, just, like, chilling. I was just like, Dude. yeah, I'm gonna die. Dude, did you learn anything from that experience? Nah. No, <laughs> not to wear a jacket. I, I still don't. I still don't. I mean, don't oh, walk man. out the wrong door. Um, but I mean, who the like? Like, I guess my question is, why didn't anyone go? Why are these two blind people wandering out into the truck stop? Like that. I this is the first care. question. Yeah, like why? Surely someone looked over and went, "That's an odd choice." Okay. We'll just let them. Oh, look, they've been gone for a long time. I wonder what they're maybe they're building a snowman. I've definitely been there. I've done a lot of solo traveling. I've taken the bus, you know, interprovincially, at lots of different places. I've many times gotten off the bus to run and get a coffee, run and use the restroom, maybe get a baked good of some kind to keep me going through the ride. And then on my way back to the bus, it's like, oh, shit, there's like six or seven other buses here now. Oh, yeah. I don't know which one is mine. Yeah. Um, they all look the same. And if, you know, if I had known that more buses were going to show up, I might have taken a better, 
you know, I might have taken in a, a clue or a landmark or something as to where my bus was parked. Yeah. So, so many times I've gone and gotten on the bus. And I think like people who can see, they'll be like, oh, I recognize so-and-so. They were on my bus or I recognize, you know, this from inside the bus. Yeah. So this backpack on the seat, the, the bus is just like different level of anxiety for me it can be i mean generally speaking my strategy is to befriend someone on the bus as we're getting off like it doesn't even have to be much of a, of a friendship just be like hey are you going in yeah we are mm -hmm. excellent do you mind if i walk with you just because i would prefer not to live in wakasashi texas um if possible please so you know that usually works fine but in this case i don't know it was just late and we just didn't do it and we were just like we'll, right. we'll be able to follow you're just living your life right like i'll be fine yeah. this one time it'll be fine it'll work out but that's a good tip you know make a friend sometimes i'm just antisocial and i just like i don't want to freaking deal with anybody <laughs> i just want to go and do this thing um but sometimes that gets us in trouble yeah yeah it's always generally speaking better just to chat with people because they'll also you don't even like if you chat with them earlier in the bus ride they'll probably remember you and be like hey do you want to get something I'll, I'll admit to absolute laziness sometimes when like i don't have very much pride i'll be honest and someone will be like hey do, uh do you want me to bring you something back and uh you know there's there's the side of of the i think the blind uh community that's like no absolutely i must go in on my own and make sure that i can do this mm -hmm. and so i'm just like ah, fuck it yeah sure absolutely you want to bring me some coffee i'll do it right yeah absolutely and so, uh, I, we could go on about that but and, and i and i won't i mean there, i think there's a lot we could say about i've been to the salon with a friend and they wanted to give her a free pedicure simply because she was blind. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'm blind too. <laughs> Just because I don't have a guide dog doesn't mean I'm not blind. <laughs> like, I was like, if she's getting it for free, it wasn't that I wanted it for free. Is that I, I thought it was very inappropriate. I was just yeah. like, what? You gave her the same level of service. Yeah. Maybe she can't see how pretty her toes are. Neither can I. I can't see that far either. Anyway. You whatever. just needed to walk into a wall so that they knew. Just illustrate it. <laughs> You make a good point about sometimes these things happen because we're just lazy. We don't want to do the planning. But for me, a lot of the buy the seat of my pants shit is because like I just want to go and do this thing and not have to do all the work and planning that goes along with it. I just want to do it because it looks like fun. Yeah. It sounds like fun. And I want the experience. So backpacking, let's, let's get back to backpacking because mm. I'm sure that there have to have been some close calls. What's your best close call? Well, when we were in Italy, we, and I should point out my girlfriend is also uh, visually impaired, but more or less completely blind. So we were in Italy uh, once again, out of money. Um, once again, completely destitute, which seems to be the theme of, of that span of my 20s. We had just come from a Italian supermarket with our like 20 euro. And we were like, we need to buy food. Otherwise, we'll die. So we walked in and, and being American, we thought pepperoni sounds great. And pepperoni's definitely Italian, isn't it? And so mm. in our very bad Italian, we were like pepperoni and they were like sure and they sold us this thing in a bag and we walked out and we're like oh pepperoni means bell peppers that's cool um so we asked <laughs> i just learned something thank you 
<laughs> so we have four bell peppers and peanut butter, which is a terrible combination. Um, it's not great. But we didn't even have bread. I think we were just scooping. We didn't have a spoon. We had a knife, like a like a sharp serrated knife. And so we were like scraping peanut butter onto these bell pepper slices. It was terrible. Uh, but anyway, so we don't have any money for lodging or accommodation. So we're sleeping illegally on a public beach. We had tried to, there were like these really nice beach chairs and we were really excited. We were like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to sleep on these beach chairs. They've got little pillows and an umbrella. And we, we sat down on them and at like 1130 at night, some big guy comes out and was like, no, these are reserved. And we were like, okay. So we went down the beach and hid in the woods on the beach. like <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. And then he left and we came back out and, but we, we weren't brave enough to go back to the chair. So we're sleeping by the tide line, maybe like, I don't know, five, six feet away from the tide line. And we had sleeping bags. So we're laying down and it was, it was okay. You know, people romanticize sleeping on the beach. It's not that great. So we fall asleep finally. And we wake up at like five in the morning and my girlfriend's like, there's a weird noise. And I was like, okay, what, I, I don't know what to do about this. There's, I hear a motor, but I don't understand why. And what transpired is on this public beach, they have these giant semi-trucks. I mean, they're like, we finally at the end got to actually look at one and it was massive. I mean, our our heads barely went to the top of the tire. It was a, a vast machine. Oh my God. And um, they drive them in rows up and down the beach to flatten the sand out so that it looks all nice and pristine. Of course, we didn't know this, and we're not supposed to be there. And we wake up, and there's a semi barreling towards us. And we're like, all right, well, we're about to die. So we ran away from the water, and by pure luck, ran essentially face first into a lifeguard station, um, <laughs> which was fortunate. And so we desperately climb up this ladder onto the platform of the lifeguard station and huddle there like crows while the trucks drive around us like the tide and just kind of sit there looking at each other going, we could have, that was, that was very close. We definitely almost died. And then of course she goes, we should post about this on social media. And I go, that's a great idea. She goes to get out her phone. Oh no, we left the phone, which has now been presumably buried under a ton of steel and of course, that was our only means of communication with the world because my phone had no data. So I had to then climb back down, wave down one of the drivers, which took a long time because they couldn't see us. I finally got the attention of one of them, though. And in very, very bad Italian, was like, Le telefone, esiste? Si, si, si. Oh, grazie, 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 grazie. And we're walking up and down the beach. This guy, absolutely bemused old like 70 year old italian man who drives a truck for a living helping us find a phone we finally did find it it survived and then we gave him a spontaneous hug and he thought we were <laughs> truly insane i'm so stressed out right now i've got my hands on top of my head in stress <laughs> She wasn't. Like, I should point out, it what? was only a month after that that she was like, "Okay, I'm done. Come back to the U.S. and what get a job." What in the actual fuck, though? <laughs> I mean, you're so lucky. <laughs> you're so freaking lucky. Yeah. To be here today. Yeah, I was. It was. It was definitely one of those moments where you. We then spent the rest of the morning just. We didn't even leave the lifeguard station. We were just like, well. 
I guess we'll have bell pepper breakfast and just stay here because I'm traumatized and don't want to walk back down on the beach for a while. Wow. I just I'm I'm stressed out right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm so I'm so glad you ran first into a lifeguard station. I'll say that. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. We we survived. And this is the girlfriend you're still with now. Yep. Yep. She's out in the other room okay, so you, looking at you guys have, so you... that we can go on our trip to Europe this year. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to Italy this time. We're going to France. And she was and she was like, we're not sleeping on the beach again. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, I got one more. Mm. Speaking of illegal shit. <laughs> One more. Wow. Go, so going back to my teenage days, it would have definitely have been a summer night. Probably the same two hooligans I was hanging out with for the crane, if I remember correctly. Maybe one or two more people. We walked past a public pool and someone had the grand idea that we're going to go swimming, even though the pool is closed and it's the middle of the night. So we make it over the fence, no problem. But like once we get to the top of the fence, it becomes clear. And like, I didn't know this at the time. They they probably did. They probably could have visually inspected, okay, here's the route we're going to need to go over this fence to get into the actual pool area. I only realized once I got to the top of the fence that we had to like get onto the roof of the facility and then somehow get off of the roof into the pool. So again, apparently I have no fear of heights possibly because I really have no perception <laughs> of how high up we were. So it was a case of like, okay, well, I'm here now. I'm on top of the roof now. I'm I'm not just going to climb back down the fence. So they start jumping off the roof into the pool. So off the roof I go, into the pool. And at the time, I really hadn't considered what the hell is going to happen if someone shows up, if security shows up, or worse, the police, and we get caught. It was kind of a non-eventful event, like nothing really big happened. But thinking back, if shit had hit the fan, I would have been left behind and just kind of high and dry. Also, <laughs> for oh, also, lack of a better way of putting that's it, that's definitely not the part of the story that could have gone wrong. If you had missed the pool, <laughs> I, I like how you went to the criminality here, which you know I, is is a uh, I'm detecting themes again. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, that's not the problem. If you miss the pool, the police don't matter. You're going to need EMTs. So <laughs> this is true. Like, well, I let them go first, and then I kind of followed what I could tell to be their trajectory, right? Yeah. You make a really good point. You make a really good point. I hadn't really thought about th – that's not the part that stood out for me. No. Uh, clearly. Clearly. You're worried about what happens after you make the near-fatal leap into concrete. Yeah. From a roof. From a roof. Into a pool. Absolutely. At night. Yeah. It was fun. And I live to tell the story. <laughs> uh, well, this has been, oh my God, such a good laugh. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap it up? No, no. Um, there's always room for, for more excitement in life. And uh, it's just the nature of, of being visually impaired. You'll always have those experiences, which, which is great. It, it gives you stories 
to talk about on a podcast. But yeah, I don't know how people tend to reach out, but if anyone would like to reach out, my email is my first name, J-O-N-A-T-H-O-N-946 at gmail.com. Feel free. I'm always happy to have more people to talk to and love to hear any uh, any feedback that had anyone had from this podcast. Well, listen, I have plans to do a few more things in my time that my sister might think blind people don't normally do. One of them is I have big plans to go out to a gun range here in the near future. Um, oh, that's fun. So, you know, that's if you're... That's great. Right? You'll enjoy it. If you're ever in town, we got some things that we can get up to. Well, let's yeah. do it. We'll go to a brewery and then we'll go shoot guns just to make it more fun. Oh my God, you're <laughs> awful. Let's hope the statutes of limitations have all expired for the presumably victimless crimes discussed here today. Have you got any feedback or suggestions for the podcast? Please don't be shy. I want to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at ami.ca or leave a voicemail at 1-866-509-4545. Oh, one more time. That phone number is 1-866-509-4545. Make sure to mention low vision moments in the message, please, and thanks. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under uberblonde4. That's U-B-E-R-B-L-O-N-D-E and the number four. Thank you to superstar technical producer Sam Robinson with assistance from Jacob Shymansky. Big thanks to manager at AMI-audio, Andy Frank. Until next time, I am not responsible for any of the stupid things you do today or tomorrow or the next day. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.